0: Welcome back, Juventini to the Juventini tab, back to Black and White Podcast. My name is Daniel and and we're live from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Now, today we've kind of had uh, you know, a bunch of guests gonna be coming on in the in in the near future. And unfortunately, someone uh, you know, with some time constraints, they couldn't make it last night. So we have a fill in who's also gonna be on the season uh, preview number five. This is gonna be the this season, um, it's essentially going to be looking at the current transfers that we have done. Who do we like? Do we think it makes sense? Um, what are they going to contribute this season, if anything? And maybe some of the players on our roster that we still look to get rid of or uh, offload and some of those names, a lot, a lot of you uh, are going to be one gone. Uh, um, a special number six comes to mind early. But uh, Graham, welcome to the show. Thank you for filling in um hopefully we're not going to make this video too long uh um kind of just want to give some extra content and uh abide by the five season previews that i've uh stated <laughs> i'm going to do so thank you for filling in i appreciate it welcome to the show
1: no worries happy to be here mate now
0: we look at how the season ended last year and you know depth was a huge talking point Um, we thought we had it, then we realized we actually didn't have it, um, (laughs) as for the injuries and then the players that actually had to step up and do something weren't there. So we come into the season really trying to rearrange our finances and get, and get on with, uh, with a better path. We hope and get rid of some of the dead weight that we've, you know, supposed to be getting rid of in the, in the past. Um, but how have you seen? I know you've kind of taken a little bit step off from the from the transfer market. But uh, what were your thoughts coming out of last year? You know what what did we need to do? Who do you kind of see? Would who would you see that for sure had to go?
1: And um, well, you know, stating the obvious, Sammy Kadira was one. I mean, injury prone. He's getting on in age. There's no pace nose legs whatsoever. I don't even know if he can walk properly. He had, you know, and he's on big wages as well. So, like, if you could get rid of him, get rid of him. But then, you know, we've had the whole, um, you know, we've had the whole worldwide, you know, carry on with, you know, coronavirus, which just completely screwed every single thing up outside football and football the lot. So as soon as that happened, you start figuring out you're like, we're not going to be signing massive names we're not going to be spending like um, like a delict transfer we're not going to be able to yeah. sign a guy for 60 70 million there's no way that's happening but I was very I was happy to see Pjanic go for a start because yeah. you know everyone myself included everyone expected him to shine under sarri you know we were we were looking at we were looking at Pjanic and thinking this is going to be our Jorginho he's going to be the Jorginho role yeah. and it never happened for whatever reason So, and he wasn't, he didn't really have, he hadn't been great for a while, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, he hadn't been, you never watched Juventus and thought Pjanic, man of the match, what a guy. And especially last season, he just failed to shine. So I was happy to see him go out. Admittedly, I don't, I didn't know that much about Arthur. Um, From what I heard from Barcelona fans, apparently he's a very good player, but, you know, the stereotype when it comes to South American players, um, particularly from Brazil, they can get a kind of get a bit of an attitude problem, you know, yeah. off the pitch. So hopefully we don't see much of that. I mean, we've, we've seen that with Douglas Costa. You know, he's an Arborzillion. You know, he's had a bit of carry-on off the pitch. I mean, I think, you know, parties and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So well, hopefully we don't see much of that with Arthur, but he, he looks like a good player. So, you know, that looks like an upgrade immediately on Pjanic.
0: Well, unfortunately, his uh, Ferrari knows a little bit too much about <laughs> about that with the
1: uh, uh, <laughs> with, with a little yeah.
0: bit of an accident that he had Geminaries. before. Yeah, yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. So that 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 really scared the shit out of me when I heard that news because it just brings shades of Vidal. Uh, you know no. what he could have been, and I was like, I really hope that's not going to be the case now again. Just even just starting this new journey, and like you said, that was the first piece of business that uh, we took care of. 72 plus 10, I believe it is, for Artur, and then 60 plus 5 for uh, Pjanic. But, yeah, I mean, that, done, that had done a lot of uh, the heavy lifting on what Juve needed in that June period. Um, it essentially, I believe it brought in that $180 million, uh, that kind of saved our ass to get... Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if it necessarily saved our ass in terms of like being above or in the green because obviously it's come out that we're in the negative 71.4 million the club confirmed it themselves um so i want to see definitely the the financials like explicitly but so we we didn't necessarily so it in terms of it went from a a catastrophe to maybe a reasonable number um and that is not really shocking. Like you said, with COVID, I mean, there's no revenue coming in. There's no ticket, ticket revenue. The TV deals are probably, you know, I don't know if they're void per se, but um, I guarantee you, there's going to be a renegotiation depending oh, on yeah. um, what happens. And TV companies are going to say, well, you miss certain games or, um, you know, there might not be as much uh, in terms of people spending money. I think it's a problem. You know, when, when there's a, when there's a pandemic or you know financial crisis, um, people don't want to spend as much money, right? So you're not buying as many jerseys, you're not going to the stadium at all, you're not buying beers, you're not going out, um, and that just affects everything. So we started out with that, and I, I mean I think it was the right call. Uh, Pjanic for me, last two years has been uh, not the same player that we got. I liked I liked him when we when he started for the first. A uh, few seasons, I think you really shined and, and was key to our team. And then once the heavy load got passed onto his shoulders, it was it was it was downhill really from there. And you lose, like you said, we're talking about Kadira. He was, you know, influential in the team at least at the beginning of when he came from Real Madrid on that free. So again, that's another player that was carrying a little bit of a load. Uh, in the midfield, and when those cogs start falling back and you're not really getting uh, any replacement, the the weight on Pjanic's shoulder just gets heavier, 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 and then, I mean, you see the tactics that were being used, that also factors into it as well, and um, teams could really just single him out every game and you could get essentially uh, down a man with, with him still being on the pitch. So that, I think, was good business. Um, in terms of you know Kulusevsky being bought um, in, in in last season, was kept on loan uh, at Parma, so now we get him back permanently. Um, it was funny all of the uh, you know how shocked everyone was that we spent <laughs> 44 million, I believe it was, and then to see the great run in in last season. Um, but the question I have for this is. We bring in someone who was predominantly a right winger, I would say, at Parma. How does that jive uh, in this squad? I know me and Frankie talked about it in the last podcast that isn't out yet, so obviously you wouldn't have seen it, Graham. But um, what? Where do you want to see him? I know he's going to be used. I think in a three-five-two in this first game coming up, um, or at least that's what's being reported, and that's what he was used in the Nevada game, but. How do you see this fitting? I mean, we're getting a lot of right-wingers. Like, we still have Vernadeschi, who it doesn't seem like we're going to unload. Um, and same with Douglas Costa, right? So, we're getting kind of a logjam in the squad at that position.
1: Well, I mean, we we have a certain Portuguese superstar, wow. at the, but, you know, he likes to play in the left wing. You don't have a left wing in a 3-5-2, yeah. you know I mean? He doesn't like playing as a striker either, so I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, yeah. I, was, I, mean I was fully expecting us to stick with a 4-3-3. I mean, that's what the, that's what the squad's built for. The squad was yeah. built for that as soon as Ronaldo arrived in 2018. You know, we, we, we're spoiled for choice when it comes to wingers. And then mm. we signed another winger in Kulazewski in January. And now we're going to completely scrap that and go to three five two. So it's um it's gonna be interesting to say the least. But I was expecting Kulisewski to um, compete for the right wing because Douglas Costa's yeah. injured. Bernadeski, you know, less said the better. So I I was expecting him to become a first team regular in that position. But um, evidently, so we're not going to be playing four three three. So
0: yeah, and I was I was shocked just as you were and. I'm assuming that Ronaldo is just going to be kind of a free roam. Like I don't think it's a—he's in that hard striker position uh, up top because, like you said, he—he he clearly can't play in that position or doesn't like playing in that position, whatever you want to say. But yeah, no, it's just crazy. And then we have Piazza as well, who looked pretty good in preseason, but uh, it seems like he's going to finally go out on loan. Um, so that kind of moves another guy. But yeah. When you have two coaches, and I mean, maybe it wasn't done, you know, per uh, uh what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, intentionally, but we've lowered our value on our players because, well, you look at Allegri and what he did is using anyone and anyone and making sure that it just worked and just got to the end line and won um Sarri was pretty set in what he wanted to do and used the same formation pretty much all the time uh once he found what he wanted to do and then uh just players didn't step up right so we get into this position where you're you're keeping Bernardeschi I know a lot of people on Twitter saying wow well, you know give him another year give him another year he, <laughs> he what could go wrong it's not like his value could stale anymore right
1: yeah, I don't know about so that. What do you think about, about that? Like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, what I've do you heard, think about that? I've I've heard rumours that apparently Bernadescu could be played as a right wing back. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell? Since when did since when did Bernadescu look like a player you could play in defence? I mean, I know the argument is, oh well, he's further away from the opposition goal, so that's a good thing, but. I mean, you know, we say the same thing about Juan Cuadrado. And, you know, Cuadrado is, I'm sorry, he's useless defensively. Absolutely yeah. useless because at the end of the day, you are playing an offensive-minded player that's a winger as a freaking full-back wing-back. Yeah. So he, has, he doesn't have a defensive bone in his body. That would be the exact same thing for Bernadeschi. Um the, the sad thing with Bernadeschi is, um, you know, most of us were very excited when he first signed. He looked like a good player in his debut season, 1718. Uh, I mean, he even scored from a free kick and scored a couple of goals. So, you know, we're thinking, this is superb. We've got a talented Italian in the squad. This is great. And then he just kind of tailored off. He disappeared. And he hasn't had enough big moments for me. He hasn't had enough, like, medium-sized moments. He just sort of disappears. And he's had more bad games than good games. And this is going to be... I think this is going to be either his third or fourth season at the club. He's had the time. He's had plenty of time to break through.
0: Yeah, and I think, like I would agree with you, it's time to just cut the dead weight and give him a new opportunity. But with COVID, I just think that's why no one has stepped up to give him that opportunity, because you can't really waste that money uh, on a hope and a prayer. Um, It's too valuable right now. Uh, the euro so you want to keep as much money as you can towards your squad and kind of make it work that's why i think we haven't seen those offers in at all and that's unfortunate i mean it's something that now we have to you know force something or take money back or take another player back uh, to reduce that's just something you don't want to do when you want to have the cards in your in your hand uh, you don't want you don't want to be dealing with other people who you know have the, uh, have the, have the reins on the deal. So uh, we kind of got lucky like that. Barca's in the situation they were with the Pjanic deal. I think yeah. that's, that's the only reason why that happened is more because Barca's need than ours. Um, but uh, let's see what happens. I mean, again, Douglas cost the same thing. Injury prone. Who's going to take that chance? So you get into it, and now you're going to have extra players on the squad. You're paying more money. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll make a breakthrough, but that's just, again, a, a hope and a wish for for those guys. Um, some of the other, you know, players that we've gotten rid of more recently, um, obviously Matuidi and now Higuain, both going to Inter-Miami after their contract was terminated, first and foremost. But um, I think it was kind of, you know, for Matuidi... I don't think the contract was that big of a hit i'm get I'm thinking around I got some sh- my sheet somewhere, but I believe it was only like three and a half million um so it's not a huge loss per se um the Iguain one with that thirteen point <laughs> eight million dollar windfall or uh loss that's gonna be accumulated i mean that's kind of where you you get your uh your pain from but um what do you think of that whole situation with with, with these two players? Obviously, they had to go, um, but again, no yeah. one no one's really pushing for them. 33 30, and thirty-two-year-old players.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got two players that were on the wrong end of thirty or getting close to that. Um, Matuidi, Matuidi, was a player that served his purpose. Um yeah. You know, it was never. Everyone knew he wasn't a technical player, so he wasn't going to be the guy with the assists and. You know, scoring goals and you know all the attractive, you know, sexy play in football. Right. You know, he was just basically the guy that he was your engine. You know, he would, unfortunately, you know, he would infuriate me at times when that engine would take him into the opposition box and then all of a sudden he's the guy taking a shot on goal and you're like, I, I, screamed at the TV so many times. I'm like Matweede, stay the hell back, don't go forward, don't attack, just stay back and tackle. That's all I want to see from you, and. I believe when you know Juventus when they renewed his contract maybe a year ago or whenever it was, I'm sure I read that it took a he took a reduction in wages. So that that's that's a fortunate thing, if true. Yeah, I mean maybe I'm remembering it wrong. You know, no, I just... I
0: do agree. I I do remember that uh, Graham. I I believe he did cut it, so it wasn't necessarily something huge on on his end. Um... So
1: that was a benefit, and by the looks of things we've replaced him with a younger player that does the same role in McKenney you know he's a yeah. he's a player that looked good in the pre friendly so you know maybe we'll see more of the same from him and it will turn out to be an absolute masterstroke
0: yeah exactly and let's get into that next um Weston McKenney i mean did that come out of left field or what i mean <laughs> i woke up and every, i think i think you know, Momblano, Agresti, Romano, all those guys were just literally, their head exploded when that happened because uh, they got found out that no one knew that was coming That was coming into roost. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of talk on, on and praise from a lot of the American uh, media as well as uh, talking heads, uh, either on ESPN or <laughs> the coach of the U.S. team, but um when it comes down to it, yeah, I agree with what you said. He has looked pretty good in preseason. Three I think it was three million plus about eighteen. Um so when I look at the deal and I've mentioned this a few times now, uh it almost scares me that we're lining up some kind of uh blues. we can flip it. Um I don't know if that was your first thought when you heard of the deal, but uh kind of give us what you thought when, when that news hit the docket in the morning.
1: Um, well, my initial thought was, who the hell is McKinney? I'd never heard of him. You know, that's no disrespect. I mean, I don't follow German football. Um, yeah. I believe he came from Schalke. So, yeah. you know, as far as I'm aware, Schalke don't even play in the Europa League. So, I'm not going to come across him. Um, you know, so I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm thinking it's an American player. Juventus have changed the badge. They've got rid of the word Juventus in the badge. They're yeah. trying to crack the American market. We've got an American player. You know that's what it's going to be. And then I watched him against um, Novara, and I thought, you know what? Maybe there's something to this kid because he's in his early twenties. And I like it when I like it when we sign guys that are closer to twenty rather than being closer to thirty, because you've got more longe- you've got more longevity in them, and you know their value will increase if it turns out you want to sell them at some point. You know where if you sign a guy at thirty, you know his value is only going to go down. It's only going right. to decrease, so I'm um, you know, as soon as I saw that, I was quite happy that the age of them, and it's an initial loan deal as well, and it doesn't look too expensive to like buy them outright, you know, yeah. with the option to buy at the end of the season. So overall, I'm happy with that. I mean, if it, if it doesn't work out, then it's not going to be much money spent if you have to buy them out if you're forced to.
0: Yeah, and he's a young player, so you can still move him, right? Like those pieces. That's what again. I agree with you with the young with the young players, and I believe our squad was our squad average age dropped about two years, almost approximately. So I mean now we're at a, but I believe it was twenty seven point four um, is the average age. So that's what you want to see happening, and yeah, you you want to you want to invest in players that you have an easier out if they don't go well because you're gonna have teams that are way more inclined to pick up a player who's maybe 22 then 23 whereas we've tried to get rid of players that are 32 turning 33 34 right so that's I think a, a smart move and I, I hope that continues now Juve has always been a club that has not really prided itself on its youth academy I know only recently we've started talking about Oh well, we want to have this, you know, club that can develop players and bring young guys in. And we picked up, uh, I believe, a young guy from Chelsea. Uh, I believe his name—oh, Samuel Illing Jr. Uh, for an undisclosed fee on September first, uh, as well as a couple other young uh, young players. But what do we think about this kind of change? Is it? Do we believe it first of all? And because we've seen the same old song and dance. I can just name you a few players. Obviously, Muratore went for $7 million to Atalanta. Mavididi went to Montpellier for six point three. Pablo Moreno, who was apparently someone who was touted as uh, a superstar when we got him from Barcelona. Um, and actually, the player uh, Pereira that we got rid of, I was actually fond of when I did see him in preseason. Uh, now, again, we ship this guy out to man city for about 10 million and then kind of the like procession in in september where we had zanamakia go perin went because he's got no space romero left because apparently we don't think he's a good enough defender so keep loaning him out i think that's actually a good move for him uh to go to atalanta because they're they've been looking for another for or for not an upgrade but some depth there so hopefully he gets some playing time they're gonna be in the champions league And, uh, I mean, hopefully that's good for him. Olivieri goes to Empoli. Del del Favro goes to Pescara, the goalkeeper. And Castaños goes to Frosinone. So, again, kind of just uh, an offloading of guys that were not necessarily rumored to be in the first team. But, you know, uh, they uh, definitely don't have a place now,
1: so... I mean, the the way I see it, unfortunately, you know, they just, even as like most other clubs, they use their youth system as like pawns for the transfer market, you know. Yeah. Just for, plus for Lenza, you know, you'll, you'll loan a guy out, you'll get some first-team experience for a mid-table club, that'll put his value up, and then, you know, the club yeah. can sell him on for a profit. I mean, look at like an English club like Chelsea. I mean, they've, they have had so much of my issues with their youth system because they had so many players brought in, no yeah. intention whatsoever of playing them in the first team, and they just wanted to sell them on for profit. Eventually, they got done for that, and they had a yeah. transfer ban, but I think that's just the mentality from most clubs. I mean, if you want to talk about youth systems, it's, it's going to be clubs that rely on a youth system to make a profit. I mean, look at Ajax. Ajax will always be a selling club, but you know they have to produce these guys like Delict and... And De Jong, players like that yeah. to sell them on for a profit to bring money into the club and a club like Juventus will never rely on their youth system unfortunately to a degree I mean everyone was excited about Moyes-Ken
0: yeah, and we know, yeah. we know how
1: that worked out I mean fair dues the guy's had a, you know, he's had a bit of a bad time to say the least in England but when he played for um, Juventus he looked like a talent but unfortunately you know the club had to make money had to make money from somewhere so he had to go
0: yeah, and I mean I don't know if necessarily he's gonna want to move from Everton because it, maybe obviously for playing time, but it looks like they're um, they're stocking up uh, on players. They made the two big moves there. Uh, obviously Chelsea, another one of them with Havertz and uh, Timo Werner. So really, only a couple teams kind of really making splashes in the market. Uh, with sorry, it was Alan, and I can't remember who the other player went that. But it uh, was a pretty big-name player. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely they're making splashes uh, in England. And I believe they knocked uh, they knocked Tottenham off their first game. Yeah. Uh, M- Man, you M- lost, bad. so suck it, Jesse. <laughs> My buddy's <laughs> yeah, a Man M- 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 fan, with, like, so I just have to so say far, that. But... <laughs> yeah, but, I definitely. Mean, like, no, the... they have.
1: The the, the the Premier League teams, when we're talking about the the Mercato and the transfer window, you know, it's no coincidence. The only teams that, uh, that can spend big are the English clubs because they've got yeah, that Lord. massive, massive TV contract behind them. You don't see anything from Barcelona or Real Madrid or PSG, any of these clubs. No one is spending big amounts of money outside of England.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. And that definitely makes the difference. So, I mean... I know there's been a lot of talk in Serie A about what uh, what needs to be done. There's been a lot of I don't know if you saw that really the the, the new Parma owner with that really cringy <laughs> that really cringy welcome to the club. Oh man, that was hard to watch. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that there's more money brought in and maybe that's kind of what revitalizes. I know there's a program where. They want to start building new stadiums. Um, the laws have been changed a little bit to make that e- easier, and um, I'm not sure quite sure where the um, uh, the ma- massive company that was looking to spend, I believe, a couple billion to buy a share of the TV. I'm not sure if it was the TV rights or if it was actually a part of the league. But there was a there was a few companies investing uh, back when I listened to. Uh, I believe it was Lazio Lounge. Uh, they were talking about their new stadium, and there is a there is a couple of companies looking to buy uh, or invest in in Serie A clubs. Um, not just the uh, the ones that have stadiums, but uh, the ones that are really looking to improve. So hopefully that could you know do something for the league because once that gets rolling and you know you get that bigger TV deal, like you said, it allows you to you know. Bringing the revenue that that isn't there when when something like COVID happens, yeah. Um, which who know who knows when will happen again or when there's a stoppage or or whatnot. But hopefully not for a really long time. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the aspiration of the league now. Kind of we'll we'll wrap it up with a with a final talk on Pirlo because I'm not quite sure. Uh, I don't think I've I don't think we talked about it when we were on the last podcast, but um yeah so what do you think and obviously there's been talks about the coming in i know we talked before we officially started but the might even get it get it and i know al's been saying yeah Pellegrini's gonna win that job in a few weeks and already in the (laughs) first match he might lose it to the so i don't know about that one but um yeah what uh what do we think like you said earlier three five two i was thinking again like you four four three kind of keep it similar where you have kind of help from the the fullbacks uh to possibly move into a three when you go forward but uh yeah what are your thoughts about you know obviously getting the license uh the thoughts he's talked about in his press conference and what he said so far uh graham
1: It's Pirlo. Keep calm. The man is a bearded genius. The man is a messiah. He can do no wrong. Does not matter. It doesn't matter. He could play Cristiano Ronaldo as a goalkeeper. He can do no wrong. All right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, in, in all seriousness, when I saw the news, I was like, "You have got to be fucking kidding me!" I mean, Pirlo. I wanted Sarri gone. Right? I wanted yeah. Sarri gone after that season. I mean, there was just no progress whatsoever. And um, with the things he was coming out in the press and saying, you're like, good God, this guy can't be the Juventus manager. And then we get announced that was the manager, and I'm like, oh, that's fine, because he was the under-20 manager for um, a cup of coffee. That's fine. Yeah, he's, and, uh... he's, you know, he must have, ex- he's, maybe he's got some kind of experience behind him, and then it turns out he doesn't even have a license. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, my God. <laughs> but really, albeit, it was a poor opposition um, in the pre-season friendly um, yeah. in Novara. But we looked better. We looked a hell of a lot better than we did under Sari. I mean, we were passing the ball quicker. There was good transitions. It it looked good. So if Pierlo can get us playing like that, that would be superb. I mean, maybe I'm not going to begin comparing them to guys like Zinedine Zidane or Pep Guardiola because, first of all, that's not fair. Zidane yeah. had so much experience behind him from the B, t- like the B team, the under-19s, whatever it was, and then an yeah. assistant coach to um, Ancelotti at Real Madrid. So he had bags of experience behind him. Pep yeah. Guardiola, bags of experience behind him with the youth system. But maybe it's the same effect. Like You see it quite often now where like former big-name players like Zinedine Zidane And they can tell a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm putting putting you on the bench. I know you don't want to be a substitute, but I need to keep you fresh for this big game coming up. And they do as they're told because Zinedine Zidane, the guy's won World Cups, Champions Leagues. Pirlo falls into that category. Unfortunately, he never won the Champions League with us, but he's won won that several times. He's won a World Cup with Italy. So so the guy has a lot of weight behind his words. So if he tells you to do something, and nine times out of ten... Some of these players have grown up, and they're like, "Holy shit, this is pure I'm gonna yeah. do it. I'm gonna do what he tells me to do." So he's got that backing behind him. Whereas a guy like Sari, they're like, "Good God, is this guy gonna go away and have another cigarette for the umpteenth time before he tells what to do?" So he's 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 got a lot of weight behind what he tells his players. So that's gonna be in his benefit. But it just worries me when I see all these like tinker formations, like three-five-two, apparently from conversations I've had, it's going to switch to possibly like a four-four-two kind of style. Yeah. Because like, you know, people have said to me that Danilo is going to be a top 10 right back. And he's going to be like a center back when we're in defense, I believe. And then it, it transitions out wide when we're in attack or something like that. Yeah. So we will find out, but I mean, I was worried when all those rumors about Danilo as a center back and I'm like, oh my God, Pirlo's been on the wine again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe he got a little bit too involved with his with his with his wine company that he has in Italy. He yeah. was, uh he had a couple bottles when he was having that idea. No, but if you look at his thesis, right, and I haven't I haven't read all of it, so I'm not gonna BS to you guys saying I know exactly how he wants us to play. But from the pieces that I've been hearing, obviously in the news and on social media, you see. That he really wants to have the same kind of style that Sadi was trying to implement. Now, they're two different characters, right? Like, he wants high possession or uh, quick recovery of the ball, uh, high possession, pass the ball around uh, quickly and, and, and hold on to it. And so, yeah, like you said, exactly. So, I don't think Sadi was maybe in the offensive mind of, of thinking of a 3 5 2 in attack, but he definitely pulled it back into either a 4 5 one or a 4-5-2 when we played in defense because Ronaldo's not coming back. We know that 100%. But um, when you look at that, you think, well, shit, is it now maybe just a more respected coach? And like you said, I think everyone can agree the things that we lacked even after a leg one, motivation, two, a respect for the manager, I would say. And that's really... What the difference? It seems like what it is right now, because you're seeing this new, um, this new vigor, this new energy uh, put into the club, and uh, you'd think when you're hearing all these, all these similar kind of buzzwords and phrases that that Sadi was trying to implement, um, and then you see kind of the motivation when you watch the Nevada game. It's like, well, shit, that was easy. Someone hit the fucking easy button. I don't know if you know Staples, but. <laughs> they, they hit an easy button and and that was that was it but I mean hopefully we can carry that through um i'm still hoping i'm well not hoping, but I'm still expecting uh a tough start of the season because i think teams even more so this season uh with la decima or the tenth uh, on the horizon, I think even more now with with Merda making the upgrades they have with uh, milan making the upgrades they had they've done uh Even a bigger target that was already there, but I think even more of a motivation to uh stop us um so i i I think team you know with not having a let's say a break but not also coming back after five weeks of not doing anything, you know there's been a camp now for all these teams um there's been changes, whether it be small or big so um yeah, just what do you think was it really that simple I mean, I know. Conte, when, when Allegri uh, was on the way out, there was rumours that he, that he was going to come in, and who knows if that was true or not, but um, the motivation factor just seems to be the key, really, from what it's looking like. Don't you say?
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my connection went there. Um, oh, no worries. Go ahead. Um, what was the question, sorry, you were talking about Conte and Allegri?
0: yeah just just the motivation of uh of, of the squad was it really just that easy? Is that just what what we needed? Well,
1: I think it had like there were seasons where we had really really stiff competition, and then it was like suddenly followed by like a walk in the park like 1819 for yeah. Ronaldo's debut I mean I don't know what the hell happened that season. that was just yeah. far 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 too easy and you know there is a bit of complete there is a bit of complacency sometimes within a squad, you know? I mean, I think we had that in eighteen nineteen. There was so much complacency because results were coming so easy. And then you go into the Champions League and you have a shit show like the 2-1 defeat to Man United, which should have been a wake-up call. But yeah. obviously it wasn't with the way things went. And last season, last season nothing worked. It just didn't work. Um, Sarri was trying Sarri ball from the start. I think he gave up on that or the players just didn't seem interested. Something happened either way. And when that wasn't working, you know, Sarri just reverted us to this awful poor version of what Allegri had us played. So I think this season, it's going to be a really tough season by comparisons to the previous seasons. Because, like, yeah. you know, Merda, Merda have improved. Milan, amazingly, have improved. Like Nap- Napoli actually haven't improved as far as I'm aware. You know, yeah. they've not really done much. Atalanta, Atalanta are a dark horse. They just come out of nowhere. And yeah. we're, back, we're back to the normal fixture list with Lazio. And last season, like Lazio, you know, albeit they threw in the towel for the Europa League to be able to compete with us a bit like Napoli yeah. did. And under a regular schedule, you know, they're a tough opposition because if they, if they do a Conte like a county style, and they focus on the one league, the one cup, yeah. they're a tough team to deal with. So, you know, we can't afford for a slow start. So whatever Pirlo does, he needs to get us hitting the ground running, like getting these wins after wins. Because, you know, when you drop points, you actually get a bit of afraid and think, oh, shit, we've dropped three points or two points here.
0: Yeah. And exactly. Merda
1: are going to play tomorrow so it's going to be it's going to be a tough season. That's what's and
0: and especially like you said, he doesn't have that. I mean, obviously he's he's had that experience as a player, but now he's the coach, Pierlo. So you know, dropping three points when, like you said, a team plays the next day, that offers something to think about and how you're going to motivate your players. What, like you said, the one thing too that I'm looking at is the first time he's got a bench Ronaldo. That's really what I'm gonna I'm gonna be looking at. Um, I want to see how that's gonna happen and what really goes down. I'm um, not really just to stir controversy, but I I I really I'm interested to see where the respect lies in the dressing room now. Um, yeah, and with with Lazio, like you said, there there's going to be more rest now. So now the games aren't every three days. We got and if Lazio says, well, fuck it to the Champions League, basically, and 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 goes out early, they have the possibility of uh, of. of of winning, right? So it's definitely going to be an interesting season. Lots. Yeah. And like you said, Napoli, I don't know why they, they, their fans seem to defend them, uh, with the money, um, being a problem, but I don't know. They've just seem to be selling off. I hope this guy that they signed, uh, I think it was, uh, from where was it? Red Bull Leipzig, I believe, uh, the striker, Red Bull Salzburg. Um, that they spend I believe 50 or 60 million euro on um I hope he's the real deal because that's a lot of money to put into a, a young player uh especially coming into you know COVID and, and all of that so we'll see how that plays out I think I definitely agree I'm actually going to be having a Napoli fan on the preview of of the uv Napoli game <laughs> so we'll see how that goes but um That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I want to see what he's got to say, what he thinks of his team, because I just I think they're in for a a down year. That's my personal opinion. With all these teams on the way up, um, and actually, when you come back on the next podcast uh, with 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 Albert, we're gonna actually do uh, a prediction, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the top eight. We're gonna see who we think is gonna be in that obviously top four for Champions League, but also uh, some of the spots and who gets relegated. So for now guys uh I we're going to we're going to cap it off right here I think. Um thanks uh Graham for helping me out. We're going to see you soon. And um yeah guys just continue all the support. It's awesome. We're hitting over 100 views on on the on the newer videos now. It's crazy. Um just all of all, I got I got my eternal gratefulness to people in Zagi because that post and then obviously the ensuing videos and came out just have suddenly uh, blown up, so uh, it's awesome. Check out Graham's work on it on his blogspot, um, Black and White eighteen ninety seven. Yeah, uh, blogspot dot Check him out, and hopefully we can get this guy to uh, do some content in the future. He's got <laughs> a shiny new logo, a shiny new banner. Um, obviously, Albert's got some new stuff, some new some new uh, threads as well. Uh, who's going to be on next? But uh, it's, it's
1: yeah, guys. A, it's all Aubert's fault. Yeah,
0: exactly. Exactly. So maybe we can, you guys can convince them, drop it in the comments, and let us know what you guys think about um, uh, the transfers we've made so far and um, the expectations coming October 5th. I'm not having any expectations, me personally, because it's literally pick a name out of a hat season, um, especially when momblano i believe it was three days ago said that joe felix has a possible 88 percent chance of coming in on loan um i don't know if you saw that one graham but uh <laughs> it's literally it's it's literally i believe it when i see it yeah exactly so guys thank you so much for watching and uh yeah you know you know where to find me at juventilita dal both instagram twitter um, pretty much every platform that streams, uh, including YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. So, as always, uh, if you could leave a five star if you believe that's what we deserve, or a rating at all, actually, uh, I'll say that. And um, yeah, drop some comments. Let's get this conversation going. I know it's been moving in the positive direction. But as always,
1: fino alla fine, for eventus guys. Ciao, ciao.